Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, this past week we had important data in the South African economy. That was a release of the first quarter GDP. And it showed that the South African economy is in bad shape. If you look at it at a broad economic perspective, uh, South African economy grew modestly by 0.4% quarter on quarter seasonally adjusted. If you look at that number on an annual basis, it grew by 0.2%. So these numbers are, are not worth celebrating. It just shows the difficulties that we are in as a South African economy. And many people have written about what needs to be done to turn the economy around. And I will actually ask the listener to go to the Business Day website and pull out an article written by Azaya Mlanga, the chief economist at Rand Mission Bank. He, he makes an important points there about how we should think about these numbers. But for today's conversation, I want to focus on agriculture. Because if you dissect that underperformance and say, how did various sectors perform? We see that agriculture was the worst performer, if you look at these numbers on a quarter-on-quarter basis, contracting by 12.3%. Um, in, in that period. And many people were asking uh, themselves to say, look, uh, with hearing of good rainfalls, when we drive across the country, we do see crops looking well. What is going on in this sector? And I think there's a number of factors that better explain this. The first one, I do want to highlight the fact that in the Western Cape, when we were exporting some of our products, table grapes, um, some of the deciduous fruits at the start of the year, the infrastructure issues remain a bit of a constraint, but not to a worse extent like what we saw in the past few years. There's been good productive conversations between organized agriculture and Transnet, put together an interface agreement, but also sharing information on a continual basis about the challenges that we all face on the ports. And that has yielded uh, a better performance in as far as the exports of the agricultural products. But I want to underscore that that is a continuous challenge, but working positively to resolve it between Transnet and the agricultural sector. But more fundamentally, I want to underscore the fact that the field crops, which is your maize, soybean, sunflower, and the others, they were planted roughly a month late than the usual period because we had excessive rains at the start of the season around about October, November, to the extent that some maize areas were planted somewhere late January. Uh, and then there, there is about a month or even month and a week or so in some region delayed than the normal periods. And that tells you then that when you're looking and calculating the fortunes of this sector, that is always going to show. What we will see, though, in circumstances like that is that some of the gains that could have been recorded in the first quarter, you will see them recorded in the second quarter. So to clear the point that are we having a bad agricultural season on the ground? No, the issue is that delay in planting. That's the second factor. But I must also highlight the fact that the livestock industry, which is very important when you think about the fortunes of agriculture, because if you think about the gross value added of agriculture, about 48% of it is livestock and poultry. So half of our fortunes are coming from that sector. And this sector has been struggling with a number of things. But most uh, importantly, it's a foot and mouth disease, which for the first time last year, it affected about 
nine, six of our nine provinces. And we still see the effects of that um, uh, and through the, the performance of the sector, but also lower slaughtering numbers is some of the things we've recorded over the recent month. And in a pig industry, we also hear diseases there about like the African swine fever is an issue there. And in a poultry sector, it's having its own avian influenza issues. So animal diseases contributes to the underperformance in a sector, in a subsector that makes up about half of our sector in agriculture. So it's a, it's a third issue to keep in mind about this underperformance in the gains, in the fortunes that were reported. The other thing that is worth uh, noting is, of course, the fact that load shedding uh, remains one of the key issues. I mean, we cannot underestimate the impact of this on production, particularly in poultry. A lot of disruptions have been recorded. You've seen companies reporting on this, particularly those that are in the poultry business talking about this issue. But at the same time, I must acknowledge that the South African government, working with ESCOM and organized agriculture, they've thought about various measures to say what can be done to assist the sector. And those have entailed um, uh, interventions like load curtailment, expansion of a diesel rebate to the food chain, and of course, most recently, the launch of the Agro Energy Fund. These instruments are not perfect and they are not benefiting everyone, but they are making some bit of an improvement. Where you see the improvement of them is when you think about the field crops I've mentioned. I talked about having a good field crop, but one can make a point to say roughly a half of our, half to a third of our agricultural field crop and horticulture really depend on the good uh, water supply, which partially is irrigation because all of the fruits and vegetables is irrigated in South Africa. And in the field crops, you can make a point and say roughly a third because you have a 33% of um, sugar under irrigation, 20% on maize, and around about 15% or so on soybeans. So you can make a rough estimate and say a third of the field crops under irrigation, and you can say all of our fruit and vegetables under irrigation, which means then the energy supply is very important to those. So these interventions assisted some of the farms there, but not all of them equally. And these are some of the measures that needs to be looked at to say, what do we do to make sure that the sector is not really in a bad position because of load shedding and the department of agriculture is working with industry uh, to do that in fact this past friday we sat down as the national energy task team with the dg director general of the department to think about these things and how we can deepen them to benefit more of the producers and the food processors in the space and the issue of a good performance on the ground i mean it's clear when one looks at the numbers uh, because if you think about our maize production as an example, this year we have a expecting a harvest. That's the 2022-23 production season. Harvest is expected to be 16.1 million tons. That's 5% higher compared to the previous season and it's the third largest crop. Soybeans, 2.8 million tons, record crop. And if you think about fruits, you think about other field crops, it's a decent crop that is expected. Sugar, decent crop that is expected. So that speaks to that delay by a month or so, which should show in the second quarter numbers. But I also want to underscore one thing here, which is that the agricultural gross value added numbers, or if you like them crudely say agriculture GDP numbers, they are always very noisy and volatile on a quarter on quarter basis which is why in a number of the things that I write and we write even in the agricultural business chamber, we always emphasize the annual figure rather than these noisy quarterly numbers when you're looking at how this sector will perform. And if we are to go with that, 
I'm very optimistic. Uh, we see this sector growing at 3% this year uh, from about 0.9%, uh, the revised uh, figure for 2022. So which means that while the first quarter numbers are bad, when you're looking at this sector from that perspective, we actually have a reasonably better agricultural season. The reason for that is what I've explained, this good crop that we are expecting. And of course, we expect the, the, the livestock industry as the year continues to slowly recover from the difficulties that are clear from the first quarter of this year. Um, so those are some of the things that we, we're really thinking about. And we think that those load shedding interventions will continuously assist the sector, especially if the department uh, puts a lot of focus on the agro energy fund, which is the fund that is aimed at encouraging own generation, subsidizing a certain share of installing that. Right now, the fund is small, just over 2 billion rands. But the question is, can it be increased? And where will the money come from? And will it benefit a good pool of the farmers that really need energy? Those are things that are, are happening. But if you move away then from this near-term performance and the difficulties and all of those things, we say long-term, where is agriculture in South Africa going? And I think this links to the podcast of the previous week. The previous podcast, if you're listening to this one right now, please do go back to listen right to the previous podcast that talks about the agriculture and the agro-processing master plan. Because when you think about the long-term growth of South Africa's agriculture, the points we make there apply to that, which is that we do have this agriculture and agro-processing master plan launched in May last year, and it is really a, a guiding pillar for long-term growth of the sector. And it is a pro plan that is not just a government plan, but it was co-created by government, private sector, labor, and all of the social partners. And in its essence, it aims to build competitiveness of the sector, attract more investment, improve inclusion, and make sure that there's job creation at the end of, of, of all of this. Because yes, we want to grow the fortunes of the rural economy and at the same time, create jobs for the people. So that's that's something that the plan uh, talks about. And of course, this year was supposed to be a full-blown implementation, as I explained in a previous podcast, but the energy was diverted in the start of the year to the energy matters that we just discussed. But now we need to think back and saying, how do we implement this plan? This plan is important because it deals with growth constraints in the sector. Either it's a biosecurity matters, the animal diseases I've mentioned, infrastructure, the need to widen export markets, registration of new agrochemicals that are good for productivity, as well as a very specific commodity intervention that are needed in a regionalized manner to say in a certain area of Bizana in the Eastern Cape, we need XYZ to be done. In a certain areas of Morimoli in, the Lim in Limpopo, we need XYZ to be done. In certain areas of Northern Cape in Kuruman, we need XYZ to be done. It is that clear and that specific on a regionalized program, which is why it needs to be implemented. And it is, of course, still guided. In If, if you haven't read it, you are like thinking to yourself, what is this plan about? You should think about this plan in the same way as Chapter 6 of the National Development Plan, which painted a vision of what's our long-term growth uh, as agriculture in South Africa. And this is almost like an implementing tool of that Chapter 6. So that's how you should think about it. So, folks, that's all I wanted to, to put forward this week to talk about clarify issues related to performance and talk about the long-term growth of this sector. That's it uh, for from me. My name is Wandi Lesi I'm an agricultural economist based in Pretoria, South Africa. 
I work for the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa. That's where you can also read some of the stuff that we, we write about in the Chamber's website, www.agbiz.co.za. And in my blog, I'll put the description of my blog or link to my blog in the description of this podcast, which is wandilesihlobo.com. Thanks for listening.